Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, guess what? Before we get into it, you might have heard, I am drafted to the two Ramagpies as a part of the Carlton Draft. I'm going to be playing a game, dominating, kicking six, and then resetting at quarter time. For the first time in Carlton Draft history, one lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good's that? If you want to enter this now to get her down to your football club, visit thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com. .au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. Yes, welcome back to Tradies. Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary with you. Each week we chat the trading, the buying and selling of AFL plays. Season 1, episode 5. Welcome, Mitchell. G'day, Sam. Just had a thought as you were opening the show. Straight off the bat. And it's going to be heavy off the top. Okay. This weekend, gather round. All 18 teams in one spot this weekend. Is this the start of the trading and buying and the selling this year with all clubs descending on Adelaide for Gather Round. A bit like the hub, a bit of you know behind-the-scenes communications, a few chats at airports, hotels. Bars. You're going to have everyone everywhere at the one city. Could be the start of uh, a bit of movement this well, weekend. And, and that is why Tradies is sending you yep. to go and investigate and sending me to look <laughs> over things and keep abreast of all the action back here. Official Tradies correspondent, what's my number one task? Um, keep an eye on Tom Brown. Okay. Getting a trade. <laughs> so so you and Tom, I assume, are both going over? Yes. Actually, hang on. Now, <laughs> you've, you've uh, reminded me of something here. We're recording on Tuesday night. Yeah. I'm re-watching the seven news because obviously I'm on radio from six or seven, so I don't get to see it. But yep. I always like going back and seeing what you and Tom have. Seven plus is an option as well for those that don't catch it in front of the TV. Yeah, nine now does heaps better, but um, we digress. Was there another football reporter? Did you get bumped down the rundown? I did. What's going on here? Kate Massey just joined the team from Seven News Perth. Okay, a great so addition. I don't know anything about this situation. Or yep. Kate. Welcome, Kate, to Seven. I assume she's already been welcomed. Yeah. What, who is she? Where has she come from? And why is she knocking you and Tom down the, the run sheet? She's been a big part of the Seven News Perth newsroom, mm-hmm. uh, but got a passion for sport and knows a lot about footy. So she's joined from Seven News Perth to our sports team. I will put one writer on this. In sport, we were waiting on the outcome of Harry Mackay's tribunal. So I went from trying to give an update off the top because it went for two and a half hours. Uh, here's we, the defence. We bought a bit of time here's to bump down and still it didn't come. So it was a waste. So what you could have done there is you could have been really <laughs> nice to Kate and you said, well, she was she had a better story than me at this time. And well, so they went, but what you've in, in fact done is that <laughs> I, I, I was on a very important mission somewhere else and things went late. So that's why I was... I will actually say, I initiated this though. I said, the Mackay's running late. Let's bump Kate up the order. Big addition to the team. It's good to get her off, off the top. And she had the news on the Gary Rowan and Will Day uh, suspension. So I thought it was well and truly the right call to get her to start. So I initiated it, thought Mackay's running late. So we thought we'd bump Kate up the order to uh, take the new ball in her first or her second day at Seven News Melbourne. I'm staggered by this. I, I can't... <laughs> I can't believe. Plus, Seven must have deep pockets. Because if they're affording you and Tom, who wouldn't come cheap, and they can bring in a new recruit and they can blood a new recruit. Yep. That's, wow. Pretty handy to bring a new recruit in after round four or five as well. Yes. Maybe you win the ratings now. We're uh, going pretty well this year. <laughs> TV people always get so upset <laughs> when you mention ratings. This is why I'm Don't glad, worry, you're one of them. This is why I'm glad I've never been full-time in TV. <laughs> I'd never wanted to be obsessed with ratings. What about podcast ratings? Going well. <laughs> Early signs are good. Can I just say, caught up with a mate during the week who said the, he's been using the voice memos tactic that you brought to us in Ep 2 or 3. Yep. This is one of my my mates who, who 
who uses it straight off the bat when he's talking to girls. He sent me a screenshot trading voice memos back and forth. Now, I didn't get the audio, but I saw the screenshot of one for one and it's flowing. So the idea that your mate had to, to get uh, the dating advice flowing is clearly working. So I'm going to put it out to our listeners, right? Because we actually enjoy getting listener questions via voice memo. If anyone out there is actually willing to share one of the voice memos that they have sent either on Instagram or a dating app, I don't know if you can send them on dating apps, or text message, if anyone's willing to share it, <laughs> we would be most appreciative here at Tradies. And and, and if it's working, yeah. some feedback on the voice memos would be great. Make sure you get the tick of approval from the other party as well before you send them through. Yes, absolutely. No, that's very important. Now, before we get started into the whiteboard, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a beat, and also make sure you rate and review the podcast. Mitch, where would you like to start? I want to start at Arden Street Oval on the weekend. I saw the best unrated I've seen, 18 player I've seen in my time watching footy. Wow. It was an under-18 game. Benny Go Pioneers midfielder Harley Reid mm-hmm. playing against Tasmania. Had 25 disposals, kicked two goals. So you realise we, we, this is the tradies podcast. Yeah. We talk about but there tra- is, trade usually involves current players. There is going to be an avalanche of interest in this guy. And all 18 clubs had at least one representative watching Harley Reid on the hey, weekend. Here we go. He tormented I his opponents. No, no, don't. He's, don't. he's got more fend-offs than Dustin Martin already. Did you, can you hear that air raid siren? Can you, <laughs> can you hear that? That that is you're talking about football too much. No, no one cares whether you think Harley Reid's going to be a good player, right? Because we well, all think, it no, will no, matter no, because no, clubs no are going to trade. No, no, go the back. bank for him. Stop, stop. Go back. There's, you <laughs> said that every you said all eighteen club representatives. Yes, hey, is that so, I have a list. Oh, this is see, this is why you get paid the big bucks. This is why Hamish wait, wait, Ogilvy sorry. at the Crows, Dom Ambrosio at Brisbane, wait, just, Mick Agresta at Carlton. Wait, till you're rushing into it. Just build the story here. Just wait, wait. When was this? Saturday. Saturday. So, are you on your day off or are you? No, I work on Saturdays. Okay, As right. you know, the Saturday scoop rolls into the evening, so yeah, a big which part is of still the day. A theft of IP. But anyway, we'll. That's we'll, <laughs> an argument for another time. So you've gone there on a Saturday. Yeah. To watch an under-18s game. Yeah. Which is amazing in itself. Like, incredible. And how have you... Have you gone around individually looking in the crowd for... Because they're not they're not exactly wearing club colours, right? They're not. This is unbelievable. I cut laps my RMs. <laughs> Were you actually wearing RMs? Yes. That's the most... It's ridiculous. Anyway, we, we'll get to you. We're going to talk about your fashion and also your diet at another time on, on tradies, but we, we, we've got a long year ahead. We had a beer during the week. I didn't actually eat anything. We did. No, no, it's more what you bring in pre-podcast. Oh, okay. It's, but, you know, <laughs> I wanted, We need to talk about it. So, okay, let now go back to the list. Yeah. Who's there from each club? Crows, Hamish Ogilvy. I'll go alphabetical. And just give a, feel free to give a little bit of context to who each one is. Diane Brojo, list manager at the Lions. Mika Grester, head of recruiting at Carlton. Long-time recruiter for Sydney. Prior to that. Yep. yep. Derek Hine, head of recruiting at Collingwood. Been there a long time. Adrian Dodoro, head of recruiting and list manager at, at management at Essendon. Doesn't need an introduction. Dave McMullen, one of the recruiters at Fremantle's team. Stephen Wells, recruiting, more of a part-time role now yep. around Andrew Mackey, but still very present. Uh, nice clocks up a lot of hours. Yep. Craig Cameron, head of recruiting and list management at the Gold Coast Suns. Long-time list boss at Richmond. Yep. Head of I think he footy. might have been the, pick that, the guy that picked Dustin Martin. He was part of the team there yeah. at, at the time. Hawthorne recruiter Mark Finnegan. Melbourne head of recruiting Jason Taylor. North Melbourne head of recruiting Scott Clayton. Yep. Very uh, experienced. Brett Anderson, one of the key recruiters at Port Adelaide. Former SEN Journal. Yes. Matthew Clark, head of recruiting at Richmond, mm-hmm. sits uh, under Blair Hartley, who's the head of list management at the Tigers. Jared Ruffhead, who's taken on more of a portfolio this year at St Kilda in recruiting. We should talk about Jared in yeah. detail at some point. 
on tradies because he's always had, even when he was playing in his later days, mm. had a keen eye on, he's a big NBA fan and keen on list management and strategy. Yep. So amazing that he's going to actually watch games. Yeah. I, mean, I know he's done a lot of it before, but the fact that they're sending him to watch the future number one pick. Yeah, and he was working more on field with Max King. That sort of dissipated this year. It's yep. more recruiting for him now. Kenny Beatson, probably the, along with Stephen Wells, was the most experienced guy I've, I've mentioned so far, head of recruiting uh, and list management at Sydney, Simon Dalrymple. Tom so. Harley wasn't there offering coffees? No. Oh, no, okay. Simon Dalrymple's head of recruiting at Sydney. Can he works alongside him? Dan Fisher, one of the recruiters at the Bulldogs, and Rowan O'Brien, head of uh, list management at West Coast. That, so that, that is, is a, that is a heavy list for an under eighteen game in April. That, That's that, all I'm saying. No, no. What is more unbelievable is that you have gone there on a Saturday, <laughs> cut laps in your RMs, yeah, with your notepad, I assume, just chucking just in the, the phone, phone in yeah. notes. Yeah, well, it's sort of a notepad of sorts. Yeah, and you've written down. Now, did you say hello to all eighteen, or did you just see them awkwardly look away and then write their name down in your notes? Bit of both. Well, give me a give me a ratio. Probably a fifty. Uh, How many probably, of the eighteen would you have said hello to? Probably sixty forty. So of the eighteen, probably twelve. That's that's not bad. Yeah, I feel like that's good. Yeah, no one else in football media is doing that. <laughs> no one else. There's a few. No, no, no. There's not. That's why you're here delivering this list and no one else. What about Cal Toomey and these guys that pour hours into the under-18s? Yeah. No, well, that's a little bit different. And mm. the Cal, that's why Cal is the best at what he does. But he's been doing that for a long time. Mm. But you, in, in fairness to Cal, you guys have had different yes. roles probably historically. Yeah. This guy is a generational talent. And you're putting Harley Reid on the whiteboard. I'm going to put Harley Reid on the whiteboard only because of what clubs are going to do to try and get the number one pick this year. You thought Jason, you thought the interest no one, for Jason Horn francis no was big. going to get it off Hawthorne, assuming they finish it, Is it Hawthorne? West Coast had a few there as well. They had at least two recruiters at Ossal. Mm. Anyway, he's going up. What's your audition for this week? Just so on that, while, while you're putting it up, do you think that, like, I just think there's an unhealthy obsession with clubs trying to get the number one pick. And I thought that after the whole Melbourne tanking debacle, where Gillen McLaughlin famously sat there and couldn't define what tanking was, I actually thought that we were past that now. But now, like, whatever Hawthorne want to call it, but they've clearly decided that it would be it's more beneficial for them in the short term to spend time accessing top-end talent in the draft. Something you, they opted not call to it, for years. You can call it whatever you want, but that's what they're doing. Yeah. Right? I thought we were past that as a strategy and I'm just watching on the weekend and I'm thinking to myself, and I'll get to my whiteboard entry in a second on the back of this. I'm thinking to myself, even if, like, is is the juice going to be worth the squeeze in the end? So, like, I get their whole strategy and I know that Gunston, O'Meara, Mitchell, realistically are not going to be part of their next flag or even yeah. maybe, maybe even the next finals campaign. But to your point that you brought up, a couple of episodes ago, when those guys go out and you're not getting a, tr- a first round pick in and you're paying a lot of their salary, I don't think there's value in therefore spending, it's probably this year and tw- 2024 in yeah. the bottom six, realistically. Yeah. Even if you end up getting Harley Reid, who, by the way, there's no guarantee that he ends up being that at AFL level. No, he's playing against 18, 17, 18 year old kids right now. So it leads me to my whiteboard entry. And I, I'm trying not to make this about the player, it's more just the point and the principle that I'm trying to raise. So let, I've just picked this guy as an example. So Changwat Jiath, CJ, halfback flanker, already become a bit of a cult hero. Basically couldn't get on the park when they drafted him. He's re-signed a contract until the end of 2024. I was having a look through their list today, and feel free, Scotty, our producer, to blow the air raid siren if I get into <laughs> footy terms here. But I, I reckon, this is how I view Hawthorne's list, that their three best, the, the guys that almost are untouchables, Lewis, Day, Sicily. Yep. I think they're on their own rung, personally. And all in the right age group to go forward. Yeah, perfect. The guys just below them, I would have, and there might be more on this list, but these are the three that that come to mind. Moore, Hardwick, CJ. Yep. I think there is, in in that is the nucleus, that's their most important six. 
Now, CJ wouldn't be on big money, but he'd be on okay money because he's a decent player and not a very good side. So he's probably on over the average. Yep. Somewhere in the mid-fours, right? And broke he had a breakout year when he last on his contract. Yep. And he's a loyal guy, and I, I don't think he'll go anywhere. But let me come back to the, the point that I'm making. When you do this strategy and you deliberately spend time towards the bottom of the ladder because the league incentivizes that you do that in order to improve. So I'm not having, not judging Hawthorne for that. I'm just saying, when you do that, you open up the possibility for young guys like this who are not on huge money to be lured to other clubs who can offer them the same playing time and more success quicker. Yeah. As an example, do you think so? The do you think CJ and Isaac Quain are similar players? Yeah, you could argue similar. Yep. Because they're similar style players. Both. Um, they're both quick. They both have good skills. They both make their fair share of mistakes because they're young. Take they, the game they on they as play halfbacks. That halfback kind of young, exuberant role. Yep. They're probably earning the similar money, but the difference is Quain is playing for a team that might win the flag, and CJ's playing a team that might win the spoon. Yep. So I just think when you do this strategy, and it might end up working perfectly for them in five years, you risk blokes like this being lured by other clubs. And you know th- there have been other examples when Melbourne and Carlton yeah. did their sixty-six game rebuilds deliberately spent time at the bottom of the ladder to get their picks. They both look really good now. How well are Oliver and Petrarca playing? How well are Cripps and Charlie Kernow and Harry Mackay playing? Understand the strategy. But you lose guys along the way. Melbourne lost Jeremy Howe. Now, I know it's a bit different because he may be playing out of position. Carlton lost Henderson and Tui. You know? They both go to a club, Geelong, that were like, hey, come play the same role here and we just win more games. I'll throw another one at you as well. At Gold Coast, Tom Lynch. Stephen May. Lynch, I think, only signed two, three-year deals at max through that whole process, kept topping up. Again, he wasn't locked in on that mega deal, like you're saying, CJ hasn't been, and brought into the option of moving for success because Gold Coast had been struggling in the bottom four or six sides for a number of years and hadn't seen the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. The the argument against what you're saying there is that there's much more history of GWS and Gold Coast players leaving to come home. Because there's the added thing of what am I doing here in non-football heart? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, you know, CJ's playing for one of the most famous clubs of all, ever. But when you're that bad, and if you're getting belted by 80 points every week, particularly when you're playing as a defender, if another club comes along in the next nine months Is and there says, a- hey, come do the same thing for us, we'll pay you probably similar to what Hawthorne are going to pay you because they've got heaps of salary cap space. But we're going to finish top six. Yeah. You're going to finish bottom six. Again, I'm not saying he's leading. I'm saying that you open yourself up mm, to no, that I like conversation. It. It's a good point. I so, like the argument. So whether you want to write, whether we, whether we write CJ or whether we just write Hawthorne. Mid-tier. Mid-tiers. Yep. That's going on my whiteboard. I, I just think it's a watch for every time they get beaten heavily. Is there a, as you go to put that on the whiteboard, is there a, a gap or a, a tipping point where it goes from you're down the bottom four sides like Hawthorne have been now for what? two, three years, where that rolls into four, five, six years. Because players, all they talk about is wanting to win premierships and chase success. Mm-hmm. Is there a tipping point where that bottom four, become playing a bottom four team goes from two, three years to, hang on, this might be more four, five, six, and then this becomes a bigger question mark around I players so. like CJ? Yeah. And I was talking to, I was asking some um, opinions of people both in Hawthorne and both people that I respect that just barrack and follow Hawthorne around this today. And... I got lots of different views. Some say I really believe in the strategy. Others saying, I think we've cut too hard. And the year that I kept getting from the two or three people I spoke to, when are you going to contend again? Oh, 2025, you'd be thereabouts. I think that's too long in modern footy to tell you supporters. Now, there's lots of arguments against what I'm saying. One of them would be, well, Hawthorne have won four in the last 15 years. Yeah, and they're a club that can afford to do so it. So they can afford... I, I totally get that. Yeah. All I'm saying to you is, I, I think the risk and reward is quite dangerous. Yeah. And Collingwood never really bottomed out. They kept the senior guys, the senior core of side bottom, 
Moore, Maynard, Pendlebury. To Goey. To Goey. They, they did they everything they could. They easily cut and run. Yeah. And traded in. So and Hawthorne didn't trade. This is the thing. Like, it's not as though they yeah. got pick 12 and pick 35 for these guys. Yeah. Now, the again, the argument against me is, well, you only get first round picks for guys that are worth it. But that's true, but not when you're paying half their salaries. Yeah. Then you should get more through the door. Yeah. If you're getting all of their money off the books, fine. But they didn't. So I just, I, I, I sit here thinking right now, and it's very easy to clip Hawthorne at the moment. I get that. I'm not trying to call it too early. I'm sitting here saying that this needs to be forensically analyzed. Yeah. No, it's a layer that hasn't been discussed. Just one more on Hawthorne. I'm going to be fascinated at the end of this year to see what they do with the free agency. So last year, they go and get Carl Amon as a 26-year-old. Yep. Who's picking between the Saints and Hawthorne. Is that right? Yep. Melbourne had a bit of a, a look as and, well. And Carlton had a look as well. Yeah, that's yep. right. Melbourne went down the Lockie Hunter path after Amon chose great pick up, Hawthorne. Hunter. Yeah, he's been great. But is this a club ready to contend for free agents? Clearly, they'd be in the top three or four clubs right now with salary cap space. Yeah. But is it wise to be going after 26, 27-year-olds when you're probably two, three, four years away from contending? That is going to be a fine line with Hawthorne's list management. That can we? Yes, we can go after free agents with the salary cap room we've got. doesn't cost you a draft pick. It means you can continue to attack the top end of the draft. But are those players going to be wanting to come to your footy club on bulk money and the money they've got in the in the cap? Like an Amon, you know, in Himmelberg. Hawthorne could probably offer Harry Himmelberg 200, 300 grand more than what the Giants can per season, theoretically when you look at their salary cap. Definitely. But is there going to be an attraction to go to Hawthorne? And is he the right player at 26 for what they want? Or are they going to be going for 22, 23-year-olds? Yeah. No, I think that's that's part of the interesting discussion. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, Himmelberg's not going there if the sell is, hey, I know we only won two games this year, but we got Harley Reid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, the Harley Reid highlight's oh, pretty good. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe Is it. This, do we hear this? There it is, the siren again. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. Twice. Twice in one episode. Just want to reference one uh, whiteboard item, and I mentioned off the top around Gather Round, Cosy Pickett goes back to South Australia where he's got a lot of family. That is a watch heading into this you weekend. Dropped this last week, I nearly fell off my chair. Around what happens with Cosy Pickett in Adelaide? Does he meet with family? Can the demons get and sit down with his family? Where does that sit out? So this time next week, we might have a bit more update on on Cosy Pickett. But the clubs that are chasing him, I've mentioned the two South Australian clubs. He's also got uh, family and, and links to WA. Yep. So the two WA clubs will no doubt be having a look. But of those four teams, two are without their first round pick this year right that is Fremantle they traded that to Melbourne for Luke Jackson oh of course future first and the other one is Port Adelaide with Jason Horn Francis so Port Adelaide's first pick currently sits in the hands of North Melbourne just want to look at the Freo one for example right now they're fifth last so if the draft was to be tomorrow, Fremantle have passed away pick five. Again, not ruling Fremantle out of making the top eight, but if you have a look at their fixture, they're yet to play a team in their first four games. Yeah, they haven't had a hard run. That played finals last year. They, they've played every team so far that missed the finals last year. This was meant to be their soft part of their season and then build up. Right now they're one and three, and the only win they've had was over a depleted Eagles in the Derby. So you're saying that if, if Freo are interested in Pickett, which they will be, yep. it makes them the deal that they did with Jackson – combined with where they are on the ladder. Correct. Has made it harder for them to achieve that. Yes. Mm. So right now, Port Adelaide and Fremantle, in terms of assets for Cozzy Pickett, they're almost out. Only have their future first pick for next year, so for, for 2024, to play with, or they go trading players and, and try and bring in assets that way. But historically, that hasn't always worked when you go and attract, you need your, you know, you need your current pick and you need your future first pick. So... The job is looking increasingly harder for Fremantle and Port Adelaide to go and attract a player like Cozzy Pickett. The Crows have already gone for Isaac Rankin. They've put a lot of money or they've got a lot of future around Josh Rochelle. Is he the right player for the Crows? Mm. That's another question. 
Where do the Eagles sit? Imagine Rankin and Pickett playing in the same forward line. Oh, that'd be extraordinary. So, yeah, just to watch on Cozzy Pickett, I think we'll learn more in the next week to, to fortnight around him. But those clubs chasing him are going to find it a little bit tougher this year, given what they did last year. And let's hope for Fremantle's sake that it, they don't continue to fall down the ladder and replicate what Collingwood did at the 2021 draft, having traded their first pick to the Giants in the previous year. What was that for? Ended up being pick two. What, what, but why did they try that? That was a pick swap because Collingwood wanted to move up the order in the draft that year. They gave away their future first pick to the Giants for the year later. And they finished second last. And they finished second last. Who that pick ended up being? That pick ended up being Finn Callahan. The Pies got <coughs> Nick Dacos. Good. Yeah. So, yeah. There is concern. There is always a watch around trading future first picks. And Fremantle right now are in the midst of that, having gone for Jackson. Strong start from you. Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchin, Matty Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Aaron Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Aaron down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com.au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. Now let's get to nuts and bolts. Oh, nuts and bolts flying to the point where we have our own sound effects. That's big work from the boys behind the scenes during the week. It'll be sponsored soon. I want to look... At Jake Stringer. Jeez, he kicked a fair barrel on the weekend. He might have to be, contractually, one of the most fascinating stories and careers when you actually think about it. So I did some work. I made some calls. I yes. took some stats. Let, let me remind you, because I actually forgot about some of these things. So he's All-Australian 2015. Yep. 2016, he kicks 42 goals as a forward mid and wins a flag. He was dropped at one stage in that season. Yes, he was. In 2017, he has an okay season, doesn't kick as many goals, but remember the dogs struggled. Yep. At the end of his season, he has his um, exit meeting and Luke Beveridge, out of nowhere, drops a massive bomb. One of the biggest that we've seen yeah. in, in trade history. Jake, we want you out. Combination of the fact that his form had dropped off, but there was off-field issues as well. The dogs were just happy to see the back of him. So he's got one year left in his deal. Now, this is where the dogs, I think, screwed things up. Because they played their hand too early. Wholeheartedly agreed. Then then Essendon came along and said, well, you're 23. You've just played in the premiership. You can play multiple positions. You kick goals. There's a bit of X factor about him. Was yep. a lot of X factor. We'll take you. We'll offer you a long-term deal. The dogs are, we want pick 11. So, um, okay. You have no leverage in this trade. Why right would we give you pick 11 when you've said to him, you're out? And then the rhetoric started, oh, well, he's contracted, so he can always come back. It's like, yeah. no, mate, he's cleaned out his locker. Yeah. No, he's gone. You've stuffed this whole thing up. Carlton did the same thing years earlier. When Remember Jeff Garland and Mitch Robinson got caught on CCTV at the back of some CBD lane like yes. club, getting into like a half punch on? Yep. And Carlton came out the next day and was like, we won't stand for this. How dare players go out and get involved in fracas? We want to get rid of you. But then at the trade table, tried to like they were like, oh, this is weird. No one's interested in either of them. <laughs> I, I wonder why. And they both ended up going on and having longer careers with other clubs. Anyway, I digress. So the, the Dons play this beautifully, right? Adrian Dodoro and SNL, I thought, played it beautifully. They said, no, 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 we're not going to give you pick 11. We're actually going to use that pick on Devin Smith. Yep. Which I think he won the best and fairest in his first or second year. Obviously, his career hasn't hasn't worked out. But at the time, looked okay. Geelong also had a bit of interest at the time. I don't think it was that strong. Yep. They definitely had a look. Yeah. They used pick 25 and 30 on him. Now, his career at Essendon has been 
as fascinating because it's been as up and down. And then he gets to the end of that long-term deal that he signed to initially come over. And Essendon, they want to keep him, but they're not really that happy on his output and they want to see more consistency. But it's sort of like not many players who play Jake's position have been able to, unless you're Dustin Martin, have been able to sort of like maintain that over the course of like 10 games in a row or like a season in a row or three seasons in a row. So the conversation had to be like, well, we're just going to have to take his hope for his best and accept that his worst will come along. So they re-sign him on a heavily incentivized deal. Now, yeah. I believe the deal is only incentivized by games played. Okay. I don't think it's goals kicked and I don't think it's best and fairest. It's simply we need to make sure you're on the park. Yep. And then what happens at the start of this year? He's not fit again. Kane Cords comes on and accuses him of being overweight, which at the time looked pretty fair. Side note, I'm surprised we only learnt this week that Jake Stringer had concussion battles before the weekend. Same. When everyone was coming for him, why that wasn't used earlier? They, they should have... That, that like they should have done a press release as instantly. Yep. We all would have got off, gotten off his back. Yeah. Um. He kicks four on the weekend. He kicks one of the best goals on the run you'll ever see. A taught from sixty-five, and then the whole conversation starts again of like, well, what's he worth? So I'm so it's not- a three-year deal. Yep. With a trigger for a fourth if he hits X amount of games. Yep. And he's not on that much. He's on less than you think. I reckon. Okay. I I, I don't think he has the capacity to earn. Over 600 grand. Right. With BNF finishes, everything thrown in. I think it's mainly just games played. Yeah. But like for a guy that his best is that good and you just accept that he's probably going to miss four games a year and he's probably going to have some stinkers if you guys get belted. Am I paying slightly over the average wage for that? The answer is yes. Yeah. There's not many game changers around and he's a game changer. I think the Bulldogs played it really badly and I think they should have stuck with him personally. Just on Essen's part in that. Anyway, that's my nuts and bolts on Jake Stringer. So Essen went and got the three S's that year. It was... Stringer, Smith, and Saad. We oh, all thought. We forget about Saad. Off the back of playing finals that year, I believe. Yep. We all thought, right, Essendon's in now. They've gone and got Stringer. They've gone and got Devin Smith. They've gone and got Saad. This side should be pushing for top four. And it fell away dramatically. And incredibly, out of those three, only Jake Stringer remains. Can we put down the Saad nuts and bolts piece? Is so many layers to it. And I'm talking all the way back from when he leaves Gold Coast to go to Essendon before the whole Carlton thing happens. There's so much in that. Needs a full nuts and bolts on its own. Full nuts and bolts. And also is one of the root causes of one of the great voicemails that I ever received. And when I say great, I mean amazing. Spraying you? Spray. It makes top five sprays ever. And, and sorry, the context around this was his move from Gold Coast to Essendon or the move from Essendon to Carlton? <laughs> no, it's it's Gold Coast to Essendon, but it actually has very little to do with Adam Sart. <laughs> okay. It was a song. I'm not even sure I could tell it. Got a bit personal. Really? It got very personal. This is the thing. This is what I'd always say, right? Because I've deserved some sprays in my time, <laughs> as I'm sure you have, and we both would have them. You should probably do a segment on yeah. sprays that we've been given. Here is my advice to anyone that is ever angry at someone else. <laughs> I'm not just saying in journalism. I'm saying ever. Whether it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, mom, dad, sister, mate, never, ever leave a voicemail. All right. So voice mails these, and voice these memos. things you can save. <laughs> that should be for dating advice only. <laughs> That's right. Only only happy things on voice memos. And sending us questions here on Tradies, at Tradies Which Podcast on social media. Uh, if you've got a suggestion for Nuts and Bolts, by the way, hit us up on Twitter or via our Instagram page at Tradies Podcast. Let's head to overs and unders. Mitch. Brody Grundy is a fascinating one. Right now, probably paying... Playing on around five fifty to six fifty a year, given that Collingwood is paying up to three hundred thousand dollars a season of the five years that were remaining that, that at is, the end of last year. That is amazing. But he's earning his full whack now because he's playing as a solo ruckman. Now you could argue if he's playing on six hundred thousand dollars 
in round one is does it stand out as much as it does now when he's you know played a great game on the weekend he was really impressive the week before uh, without Max Gorn but when Max comes in that's when it'll be back up for debate but right now overs unders Brody Grundy is playing incredibly well for a player that's probably on between yeah 550 to 650 uh, and Melbourne is sitting back having only having to give up a second round pick for him at the time and the Pies uh, paying him to play for a rival team so at the start of the podcast we talked a lot about Hawthorne they're paying for O'Meara Mitchell and Gunston to pay for other clubs. Or maybe not Gunston. Gunston, no. Maybe not Gunston. Yeah. Sorry. Mitchell and Amir. And I was sitting with a North Melbourne mate on at the footy on Good Friday yep. at Marvel, and he reminded me about Stevenson. Yeah. I thought to myself, Collingwood, at the other end of the ladder to Hawthorne, are paying Trelaw, Grundy, and Stevenson. Maybe not Stevenson anymore. But sorry, at one point, we're paying all three. Yeah. I'll dispute the Stevenson one. I think the Stevenson one was, I think North Melbourne, a big part of that was taking a lot of his salary and giving him a fresh five-year deal. Collingwood may have paid a portion they, at they, the time. I think they paid a portion early. Yeah. Anyway, regardless of, what, of, of the portion that they're paying, it yeah. is amazing to think yeah. that Collingwood have been able to do what they've done, even though they blew up their own salary cap. Yeah. That's incredible. And then we talk about the other end, like we spoke a few weeks ago. They're getting Nick Dacos, who they're only paying 250 a year, playing like an 850 a year player. So yeah. they might be saving 600 grand. While they're paying it for Grundy and Trelaw, they might be making it up in one hit on Nick Dacos. Before I get to, you've reminded me again about something. Before I get to my overs and unders, did I see last week, <laughs> did I see that Channel 7's online team wrote a story quoting you on tradies? Correct. This is amazing. You are employed by, Ch- I hope Lewis Martin's listening to this, the boss of Channel 7. You are employed by Channel 7. Yeah. And Channel 7... Good good content's good content. Channel 7 are writing articles based off what you say on this podcast. Yep. That is amazing. Like I said, good content stacks up anyway. Is it true that it was one of Channel 7's highest rating online articles for the year? I could only presume so. I don't have access to the ratings. Look me in the eye. Was it one of their highest rating? Given the Uh, feedback, I would presume so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the raw numbers. That's unbelievable. Um... My overs-unders, a little bit left field, but hear me out. It's very rare that clubs give existing players, not players that they go and, and poach, Yeah, existing players long-term contracts on big money, and it pays off in spades. Now, granted, it is early, but Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca, yep. who between them are contracted for, I think, 15 years yeah, and getting paid close to $2 bucks when you combine it. Are almost earning unders. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable when you put it like that. So they took they could less- be one and two in the Brownlow. Yeah. Well, your man Dacos is probably leading, but do you know what I mean? And they actually took less per year for the extra security of the contract. So if they had to sign a four or five year deal, I reckon they would have potentially put their hand out for 1.2, 1.3 a year. But Melbourne's come to them and said, all right, sign for seven or eight years, mm. take a little bit of a haircut on the actual fee per season, and we'll give you security over the long term. They're going to earn more over the life of the contract than they had of, than they, than they had of if they would have signed for four or five years. But it's smart business, and it's right now it's working. Still needs a little bit of the fullness of time to to really prove it to us. But right now it's a tick for Melbourne. And I think Clayton Oliver could be wearing navy blue right now with Walsh with Cripps. Hmm. Yeah, it was a whole story about he was going to go to Carlton a couple of years ago. There's a few murmurs at the time. Oh no, it was more than murmurs. I'll okay. say it. I'll say it. We'll talk about this another time. I'll say it. Might so, be nuts and bolts job. Could be. Could be. Anyway, well done to uh, Clary and to. Petraka. No more gaps. You're taking the reins this week. What do you want to talk about? St Kilda four and zero. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I, we we should have been talking about. And I'll put my hand up. Never saw this coming with Max well, King sidelined. No, I, I guarantee one thing, Mitch. No one did, <laughs> including and including most, Ross and and, and and most 
particularly the people at St Kilda. <laughs> when Ross was using in the lead up to round one quotes around this is a year of exploration, I think they've had to shift the goalposts down there at Moorabbin and they're now talking finals as opposed to hanging on for dear life like it looked like in the lead up to round one. Yep. Look at their list right now. To, to think what Anthony Caminiti and Zane Cordy and Mitch Owens are doing as key forwards is extraordinary. But I'll take you back to October last year and Jordan Ngoi, who was genuinely considering a move to St Kilda, sat down with Brett Ratton on multiple occasions, the whole list management team. At one stage, it was a flip of the coin whether he stayed at Collingwood or went to St Kilda on more money. Could you imagine St Kilda's midfield right now with a point of difference of Jordan Ngoi working through there already on top of what they've been able to achieve in the first four weeks this year? He, honestly. He a, is the midfielder they're crying out for. This is a great point, and, and this is why you're used as the third most important footy reporter at seven. Because <laughs> So I'm looking at – this is now – teams listed is – Kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah. Let me read out to you the forward six that were listed to start against Gold Coast on the weekend from half forward. Butler, Brad Hill at centre half forward, Jack Higgins, full forward line. Owens, full forward Gresham, and Caminiti. Yeah. Like, if you had read out that team and you've got like Burns on the wing, Mason Wood on the other, like their back six actually looks pretty good given the injuries that they've got. Oh, Wilkie's having an extraordinary year. Wilkie's having an unbelievable year. But like, it's an amazing point that you raise that that forward six and they're 4-0 and they nearly got to go. Yeah. That's why Jay Gresham is so important to them this year because their midfield is traditionally in the last few years a midfield of workhorses. Steele, yeah. Ross, Crouch. Yeah, Gresham's the, Gresham, the polish. Yeah, he's the, the burst. The if you throw to go in there, it's got a whole different look to it. Whole different look. Completely agree. And he's, when we talk about no more gaps and the, the holes they've got to fill, he's the midfielder. And I think in the fullness of time, Mateus Philippou will become that guy. Give him two or three years to become a genuine midfielder. He's a lot bigger in person than you think, Mateus. He's 190. Oh, is this a uh, is this a Will Setterfield sort of sort of situation? <laughs> you brought it up. Is that where you went there? He's actually playing pretty well, by the way. He is. <laughs> I've been waiting for mood. you to throw this at me. <laughs> I thought I had enough fun. My Setterfield <laughs> shield up. <laughs> but Matthias Philippe will become that guy with X Factor, booming 60, 65 meter left foot. But Degoe, careful the air raid sirens just warming up. Careful, <laughs> careful. Um, yeah, Degoe would have been taking this midfielder to new this midfield to new heights, and I would have loved to have seen it. But he's doing great things to at Collingwood. Where do you see their biggest? Gaps at the, the Saints. Um, well, it's just it it it's sort of weird talking about a club that like needs to fill things when they're four and zero. Yeah, but I, I still think I still think they need another forward who can play alongside Max King. Like I I like the way that they're going to use memory, but they basically need a, a younger version. So if they can, does he have blonde hair and play for Carlton and stand two hundred centimeters? I really like the idea of De Koning and Marshall in the same team because I think that there is an inaccurate view that De Koning wants to be the number one ruck somewhere. So right here's the thing I hear I talk a lot about yeah. with, with De Koning is that oh well you know can't be Carlton because of Pitnet and he wants to be the number one ruck and so you just no he doesn't. In fact I think. I think you'll find it's the opposite, that he would like to be a pinch-hitting ruckman that would like to spend 70% of his time forward. And this is why playing with someone like Marshall, where Marshall can do the majority, and I think he's a jet. Yeah. De Koning can start forward next to Max King. And then when Marshall goes off the ground, they've got De Koning in there at 100% energy rate. The, the reason it doesn't really work at Carlton is because De Koning can't really rest forward because he can't rest next to Mackay and Kerno. So that's why it's worked with Pitnet because when De Koning's resting, he's on the bench. Yeah. So that's why, I, I and I know you led me into it beautifully, but if I'm looking at St Kilda's list, I'm thinking I'd, I'd need another, I'd love another gut-running midfielder. Like I'd, I'd like a another workhorse. Like, Don't they have enough though with Steele? And- well, no, like I, I think that I think they could use an, like an updated version of Crouch. Yeah, right. Like what a fit Dan Hanbury type. Yeah. The two-way runner, the, the that, transition runner that clubs are craving. Yeah. 
That that's because like Dan was never the best kick in the league, but he always found himself in such such space because he ran so hard that he he tended to always make good decisions. Yeah, it's so like another version of him or a Crouch. I think that any team could use, but particularly the Saints. And then the other thing is that like I like what they've done with their back six, but if like if you can throw a, a versatile tool in there mm. to play alongside Marshall and King, I just start looking at the Saints being like, ooh, hang on. I know what Tom DeCone might want to be a forward, but from what I've seen, he's a ruckman. He, right now, he's played forty-five games. And he's kicked thirteen goals. Yeah, but he it's, it's hard with no, Ken McKay. That's, un, that's, un, that's an unfair statistic because he doesn't play forward. But because he, they've got the two last Coleman medalists in there. That that but, is that is an irrelevant statistic. But he's played. I would have kicked. I would have said it's an irrelevant statistic if he was rucking mostly. But Pitnett's but taking most rucking, of the ruck. But he's rucking mostly. And when he's not on the when he's not rucking, but he's he still off the spends some, he still spends a lot of time forward. He no, should he be. He needs no, to be he averaging doesn't. a goal a game. If he's if he's going to be commanding eight hundred thousand dollars, and you're saying he's not going to be number one ruckman, I feel I feel like we're sitting on the set of uh, Fox Footy here. I need the champion <laughs> data guy to tell me how how much time <laughs> forward Dakota is spending. Maybe my eyes are deceiving me. No, I don't think he spent so much time forward. Okay, just on the Saints, interesting quirky point of Port Adelaide and Dougal Howard. That might be a nuts and bolts down the track, but he wanted an extension at the time. Saints said, all right, he's four or five years. Saints gave him more money, yeah. Yeah, and the Saints came super hard for him. Port were happy to, to let him go. Yep. Now the power are looking at Asava Radaglia and Ben Mackay mm. for that key back role. They had one in, in Dougal Howard, who is now in the Saints leadership group and is seen as a big part of their footy club. So it's interesting how just two, three years down the track, the power are actually looking for the same player uh, that Dougal Howard was. Yep. No more gaps. Mitch Cleary on the Saints. I'm with you, by the way, with Deconing. I think that's their biggest hole. Oh, we've come, we've come no, all no, no, the no. way back to Deconing, haven't but, we? But as a, as a ruck forward more oh, so. I than, uh, yeah, I think I think Rowan Marshalls can be a weapon up forward too. So you're going to Adelaide? Yes. Okay, that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Don't Try not to watch any under-18 games or <laughs> SNFL or just stick to the big legs. You don't need to... Yeah. You don't need to be doing anything on your day off. Go, have a, go have a beer somewhere. Yeah, it's nice bars in Adelaide. Is it? Are they? Yep. It's been a while since I've been there. <laughs> not rushing back? Um, no, it's a beautiful place, Adelaide. Yeah. Adelaide Oval is probably the best place. Or, no, I'm going to stop there. It's an amazing place to watch footy, Adelaide yeah. Oval. On the hill, a couple of quiet If you're games. ever there for a Port Adelaide game or for yeah. a showdown, you hear the never tear us apart. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Shivers. So, six games at Adelaide Oval, two at Norwood, one at Mount Barker. Looking forward to checking them all out. Thank you for listening to episode five of The Tradies. You can follow us on Spotify or subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, Mitchell. Before, what's for dinner? Uh, what's for dinner? Mm. Steak, broccolini, sweet potato. Yeah. Why do you ask? No, you just question my choice of food on the well, way Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of Uber Eats. Yeah. There's a lot of salt and oil and oh, sodium. Salt. And <laughs> I feel like you need to go down the Tom Mitchell route. Right. Which is- What's his diet? No, I remember he said when he started, I think his Brownlow year, he said that his girlfriend at the time basically got him off. I think he was living with, with Jager. Yeah. They were living in Richmond and they were always ordering Uber Eats. And I think he said, once I got off the Uber Eats, his footy skyrocketed because his fitness improved. And I, I just have, think- I might yeah, have a Brownlow in me still. I feel like I'm the Jager and you're the, the Mitchell <laughs> in this. Where like, if I could just get you off the Uber Eats. All right. I feel like we could see a change. Okay. And and then and then you'd go back to being the number one footy journal. <laughs> That's a nice- Instead of- You set that up nicely. Yeah. I'm out. That's that's enough for me. Enjoy Adelaide. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at Producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.